Okay, welcome back. I'm Joey Wagner, sports reporter at the Herald Review. We're here again with Mark Tupper, our Illinois beat writer and all things Illinois guy. This is our third week of Illini Weekly, so we're on our third episode. Uh, Mark and I are going to keep it relatively short today for, I guess, a variety of reasons. Most importantly is Mark caught up with Illinois men's basketball coach Brad Underwood. Kind of the spur of the moment conversation between you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't have anything planned. You know, it's funny because training camp for football um, concluded last Saturday. And by that I mean uh, training camp is open to the public, open to the media. We can watch all of the practices and then talk to people afterwards. Once training camp concludes, they continue to practice, but the media, none of the public is allowed in. The media is allowed in for the first 30 minutes, which is stretching and playing catch and, you know, you're not really seeing much. And then we have to leave and be gone for a couple of hours, and then we come back at the conclusion, and when they come off the field, we can talk to Lovey Smith, and we can talk to um, players if we've requested them. So, so what do you do in those in the in the time in between? You know, if if uh, if, if we were indoors, you might set up your laptop and get some work done if you could. Um, but we're kind of they're practicing outdoors, and we're just confined to our cars i guess you know you could do anything you wanted i guess but i thought well i'd really like to get over and talk to somebody in basketball and uh, but i also knew that the the players are not back yet um because it's sem- still semester break so um i called over and um none of the players were there and they weren't sure which coaches were around but um you know one of the people over at sports information said well why don't you come on over and and um you know we'll see what we can drum up and um, I, I, what I've learned early on is um, I think Brad Underwood and his staff are going to be um, conducive to just casual availability you know if you're around stop in if they're busy they'll tell you they're busy if they're not you know you can you can maybe get a conversation and get some clarity on something sometimes you just want to just ask um, not even seeking out new information but sometimes just you know hey I'm not clear about this you know if if I write this, is that accurate, or if, or or if I should I be writing this, you know? And I, because you, they'll at least steer you in the right direction, you know. Um, and so, lo and behold, Brad was over there, and um, he said, "Come on in the office." And so we went in and we just started talking. We talked about um, his Wrigley Field experience, <laughs> and I, that was this was before I turned my tape recorder on because. He was telling me a couple of personal stories, and um, and then he was telling me about moving into their new home and and um, some of the um, complications there. If you've ever had a home built or refurbished or whatever, you know what that's like. And, and, and so he's dealing with that too. And and, and then um, I had been thinking about this thing on his resume uh, since he was hired in March. You know, why did you stay? for 10-plus years in Macomb, Illinois, at Western Illinois University. And I've had a lot of people ask me that, too, that that, that is the one little thing that doesn't quite add up because Macomb's not exactly a destination spot for people. And, um, it's not a basketball powerhouse. Either. Not a basketball powerhouse, difficult to recruit from. There's a whole lot of logistical reasons why you might not stay there. But I began to uh, investigate a little more, and Jim Kerwin, who was the head coach at Western, um, that's where the dots begin connecting. Jim Kerwin's a Jersey guy. Jim Kerwin uh, was drafted by the Knicks. Jim Kerwin ended up um, um, as an assistant coach at Kansas State. Um, and Jim Kerwin 
was Billy Tubbs' assistant at Oklahoma. And um, and then you go back to the Kansas State thing. Well, Brad was an assistant at Kansas State. And so you start to see with it some of these things, there had to be something there. And then there had to be a reason. Uh, I, I was just certain Brad must have really thought a lot of Jim Kerwin and what he could learn from Jim Kerwin to stay that long. It must have outweighed the possibility to just move. And I asked him to tell me this story because I felt like in order to get to know him better, you have to know about this mentor that he valued enough to stay for that long. And, and as it turns out, Brad's a really good storyteller, and he tells that story. And it was it was a very interesting to me. A few things jump out to me about that is, as you mentioned, you know, these casual interactions. For maybe people, I'm not around college basketball like you are, but these just don't really happen that often. So that's what makes Brad so unique is he's a storyteller. He wants to talk. He, he's open. To me, that's really, especially in a first year, trying to kind of establish himself that's really impressive for him to come out and do that and the second thing is assistant coaches don't usually stay around somewhere for 10 years especially it's easy to say now that he's followed the career trajectory that he has but that even before he got on that path that doesn't happen as often as maybe some people think no it doesn't um and um um, particularly with an older guy jim Curran was an older guy by then or getting older and so it wasn't like you were you had hooked your wagon to a young rising star and you were going to hang with him for a while you know even the duke assistants some of whom stay for a while you know inevitably they're trying to become a head coach that's the goal of most of these guys uh, part of the goal is to test yourself and see what kind of a program you can build on your own part of the goal is financial i mean this this is where the big money can be made and um and he wanted to be a head coach and and he did and he he wasn't um he he was patient and he felt like um staying with Jim was a good plan for him and as it turned out it was and and they still stay in contact um and he talks a little bit about that too but um it's a, it's a good story it's a, it's a worthwhile it was a worthwhile visit for me that's yeah tremendous i'm I know it turned out really well. Um, so the other reason we're going to make it short is there's just not a lot that we can or Mark can report about the football team right now. You, you can't see practices, but there was a, an unfortunate injury. Yep. The silver lining is it did come from a little bit of a position of strength. Yep. Uh, the linebacker, correct? Jake Hansen uh, went down last Saturday in the scrimmage. Turns out it's an ACL. He'll have surgery. He'll be lost for the season. Uh, he hasn't used a redshirt season yet. That's good. Um, so he'll come back. But um, in the meantime, it looks like the three starting linebackers as of right now are going to be Trey Watson and um, um, uh, Julian Jones and uh, Delshawn Phillips. Delshawn Phillips, the junior college kid who came in from Garden City, Kansas. And it looks like those will be the three. They do have some numbers there. Uh, Daly Harding is a kid you're going to hear about, a big hitter. Um, so they have some, some numbers there. And uh, Julian Jones, the kid that really moves into the starting lineup is a is a really good athlete who can run and um, I think they're going to be faster than they have been at that position in a while and um, so it's not it's not all bad news there by next week when we do the podcast we'll know more about exactly how healthy they are or closer to exactly how healthy they are um, and when that one posts it'll be one day before the opener against Ball State yeah it's crazy to think we're nine days out and really I guess all things considered having your first injury at that point, it would have been about two weeks out, I want to say. Yeah, well, they've had some injuries, but they've been m- mostly minor. Significant injury, I should say. Yeah, this, yeah, was a, this was a significant one. So, 
um, you know, all things considered, uh, it could be worse. You know, it could be your quarterback. It could be Kendrick Foster, your lead running back. It, you know, it could be Trey Watson, who's the the one linebacker that you've seen uh, ring up over 100 tackles last season. So, um, and it could be an offensive lineman, a position in which they don't have depth. So it could be worse, no doubt about that. And, and they'll get through this one. They now, but now what happens is you can't afford another one, right. you know, or you can less afford another one. So, um, so anyhow, if if that's all there is on that, let's just say um, we'll, we'll switch to our interview with. Uh, with Brad, I don't know if that it's an interview as much as it is a platform to him to tell this story. And hopefully, by the time uh, Brad tells the story, you'll you'll feel like you know him a little bit better. Great, and this will be available Friday morning, seven a.m. on herald-review.com, and also now you can subscribe on iTunes, which is probably a little more friendly for some of you if you're using it on your commute to work in the morning. So here is Mark's interview with Brad Underwood. When I looked at your resume when you got hired, and I've had it, many people ask me, what the hell? I've been to Macomb. Macomb is not, uh, you know, it's not utopia. I'm not saying it's a bad place. I'm just saying it's hard to, it's hard to even get there. And, and so why 11 years in Macomb? And, and so then when you hired Jeff, you know, I knew he had been there. And I started, I went back and looked at Kerwin's stuff. And Kerwin was an assistant at K-State. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was, was he Billy Tubbs' assistant? He was Billy's assistant. So I first came across Jim in the 1983-84 season where I was a player. And I was a player at Independence Junior College. Jim was the coach at Seminole Junior College in Oklahoma. Jim had, the previous year, had taken his team to the National Juco Tournament, and they lost in the finals uh, to San Jacinto. Okay. That team was all freshmen. So they had everybody back. And um, uh, my team at Independence was very good. We played Jim's team during the regular season twice and split. At that time, the uh, Kansas champion had to play the Oklahoma champion with the right to go to Hutchinson to the national tournament. So we won the Kansas side, and that year we happened to have to go to Seminole Junior College, um, who had everybody back, and in fact they had another kid named Archie Marshall who was a freshman to go with all those sophomores who ended up going to Kansas, and um, they had a ridiculously long home court winning streak. And... um, one of the better games I've ever I ever played, but wow. uh, we went in there and beat them. Whoa. So, and then my team, my independence team, then we got beat by Walter Berry in San Jose, in San Jack in the finals that year of the national tournament. But um, then I went to Kansas State to play, and all of Jim's group signed in the Big Eight at that time. All five of his starters, and then Archie Marshall is so his top six guys. Jim went to Oklahoma with a guy named Anthony Bowie, who, who he coached. Okay. Spent many years in the NBA, but he went with him to uh, to OU. So as we were, uh, we we were always friendly. You know, yeah. he, I think he had respect for for uh, me as a player, and obviously he had tremendous success as a coach. And and um, 
so about the time I get out, uh, and uh, Lon left K-State and went to Florida, and uh, Dana Altman got the job, and one of the first things he, he did was you know, hire an older guy who'd been around and right, been in right. the league, and he went and hired Jim. So um, then we became friends on a personal basis, and, and um, you know, I was, I was very fortunate at a young age. I uh, was a coach at Dodge City Community College, and, and you know, he was a guy that, that just always called and reached out and would help with a player, and, and I leaned on him for advice, and, you know, I was, I f- didn't take me long to figure out I didn't know very much at that age. <laughs> and um, then when uh, Jim got the opportunity to go to, uh, to Western, um, and I want to get to Division One level and yeah. and his background and his his success and and uh, uh, jumped on it and and did he call you to offer you the job? Yeah, there. Yeah, and ten years later, uh, you know, I stayed and and uh, had opportunities, but you know, Jim was a was a was a guy that let me have a lot of say. Uh, let me coach. Let me be very involved. Um, it was. Um, it might have been in a lot of ways the best ten years um, because of what he allowed me to do, and it was hard. You know, it was uh, Western at that time. The league was transforming. Uh, we went from, uh, you know. Buffalo and Central Connecticut to Cedar City, Utah, uh, where Southern Utah was. Um, you know, we I still remember the the wonderful travel partners of Troy State at that time and Central Connecticut. You know, getting from one of those places on a Thursday to get to the other oh one to goodness. play on Saturday, and um, and yet it was um, um, it was fun. I mean, he made it fun, and we had a we had a we had great battles with Valparaiso. It's where my relationship with the Drews, Scott, and you know Bryce was playing, and mm-hmm. and we were good, but we just we just never quite got over the hump to go to the NCAA tournament, and uh, had some great battles with them, and um, uh, great friends in Macomb. It's a great college town, um, and uh, you know then when when uh, you know, Jim stepped away at the end. It was, um, you know, for health-related reasons, and and uh, it didn't work for me. There'd been an AD change. It didn't work for me to get the job, and and uh, so I, you know, I tried to reinvent myself a little bit and go back to the junior college yeah. ranks, which was uh, uh, which was what I knew, and uh, the contacts you make in junior college are invaluable. But uh, a wonderful ten years, and it was it was it was fun. And he must have he must have had a lot of knowledge to impart. I mean, if he's just another garden variety basketball coach, I don't I wouldn't imagine you'd stay for ten years. He made it interesting. You you enjoyed him, and and you appreciated the opportunities he gave you to grow. No question. And you know, people, you know, Jim was a great great player. He's still one of the great players in the. He was like a drafted guy, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was still one of the. He was one of the great players in the history of two lane basketball. Um, the uh, 
the top basketball player in New Jersey is wins the Kerwin Award. Uh, yeah, he's a Jersey guy, and yeah. and he's a he's a Jersey guy, and he was drafted by the Knicks, but yet at that time it was it was more lucrative to go play in the. Uh, uh, you know, he played with ended up with that's how he ended up in Oklahoma, okay. uh, with the Phillips sixty six. Uh-huh. Uh, ABA teams and and uh, but uh, you know tremendous knowledge, tremendous contacts. Uh, you never heard anybody, uh, which is so rare in this business, say anything negative about it. You know, and Jim was um, a wonderful recruiter. Had done a tremendous job for Billy. Uh, he was you know big part of that '88 team. Uh, Lost to Kansas in the championship, and you know, mm-hmm. just a tremendous wealth of knowledge, and and had a had a great perspective on 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 the profession and and how to go about it. And um, I can see where um, when Jeff was at Lincoln High School and getting ready to go to college, I know Neil well enough to know Neil's not going to send him to somebody unless Neil kind of believes in that guy. Neil's a yeah. coach, and he's not going to send him to somebody unless he thinks, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing, and he'll he'll help yep. you. And, and I can see that there, because I know Jeff talks highly of him as you do. Right. And it was... it was um, Jim had a great way of... of uh, and I think we all do this, that have been around him. You know, it was more than just the game. It was, you know, life lessons and effort and commitment and you were going to go to class and you were going to graduate and you were you know how you uh, how you conducted yourself and how you acted we didn't have uh, characters we had character and uh, so I think that was um, a part of our success and and you know Jim Jim demanded guys work hard and and uh, uh, then expected it and then he expected the older guys to teach the younger guys and develop yeah. leadership. And then it became just a a, a, a carryover from year to year of what went on in the program. But it was it was um, it was fun. It you know it was a uh, there are challenges there, no question. Yeah. Uh, but it was. Um, was something I look back on and, and you know it was probably the hardest on my family I, all my kids were born in Macomb and um, wow. the travel was so extensive and we didn't have a budget where we were getting on planes to go recruit and, and uh, you know I probably logged more miles than a trucker and <laughs> you know in those 10 years uh, but um You learn the business. It helps yeah. form your form who you are. And being a junior college coach in Kansas early on, and by all accounts, I was able to recruit really good players, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was too young to to know what was really important. And so you combine that with working with Jim, and that was instrumental in yeah. in, in being able to formulate how you want to do things and how hard you have to work and and um, 
you know, you grew up in the JUCO ranks and and at, and spent ten years at Western. You learned to grind, and and uh, uh, I've never never lost that. That's something that to this day has benefited me more than. Where, where's more. he live now? Jim's in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, his his wife was from Oklahoma, and uh, they loved their time at OU, and. Um, so he's he's retired there, and and uh, he and his wife, and they've got two kids. One lives in uh, uh, in Arkansas. One daughter lives in Wisconsin. And I bet Lon I bet Lon has a relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Lon does a great job of he, of he has a lot of respect for those involving those guys, guys especially and, since his yeah. K State background is. And it was it was you. it was fun last year at Oklahoma State. You know, Jim had. Uh, Jim started out as a high school coach at Stillwater High School. Oh, really? So he had spent four or five years in Stillwater <laughs> and still had a lot of connections there. Yeah. And, and um, you know, that was pretty neat. It was one of, the, one of the really neat moments for me was, you know, at my press conference there, seeing he and Gail, his wife there. And, I bet know, that at, was at cool. the press conference. How cool and, was that, yeah. And, um, you know, he came over for practice. He came over for games and... And uh, uh, and we still talk. You know, we talk every couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, That's a good and, story. And it's a, I appreciate you telling me that. That was. Uh, I always wondered. I, I knew that the dots would connect in a logical way, and I knew he had to be a special guy. And there's no yeah. way, you no way you're going to stand there, stay there for ten plus years for just a, a, an average guy. Yeah. You know, this is so. And Jeff had said that he. Uh, as as it went on, that um, did he turn the kind of turn the offense over to you a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He gave it. He gave me a lot of a, a lot of freedom and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of leeway. And all along, Jim was. Um, it was never about him. There was no ego with Jim. It was it was always about us. And and um, gosh, his. Uh, there was no question who the head coach was, uh-huh. but. He was he was uh, he was very giving in terms of his leniency to get involved in practice and yeah. you know we you know, we didn't have strength coaches so we were all you know hands on in a lot of areas and and that was that was something that was uh, uh, made it fun made it exciting kept me involved it kept me invigorated it was. You know, you're a young coach, and, and 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 to have a guy like Jim let you do things was pretty special. Not a lot of people did that back then. Oh, yeah.